0: La 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 la, la 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 Stay out as here it's the Horror Foria Podcast. La 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 la, la la la. John Richards and Andy Gillier celebrating the holidays with Santa Slays, talking about all the Christmas-themed horror movies. That sounds cool. Merry
1: Christmas. Welcome to the Horror Foria Podcast. It is Friday, December 6th, kicking off Santa Slays Month, episode number 40, broadcasting from our It's Coming From the House Studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And ho
0: ho ho! I'm
1: Andy Gilly. That was cute.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's right. Uh big plans for the weekend? Um, no, I'm staying home for once and getting some things done at home. Maybe catch up on a couple movies as well. I haven't seen the new, uh, the new uh, Rambo yet. So that looks that really out. good. I know. I want to see it. it. Looks like my kind of movie. Rambo,
1: <laughs> Last Blood. The, oh, okay, because first of all, I got <laughs> Yeah, that's apparently right. like <laughs> what it's called. But that that um. kind of makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you think of the intro? Uh,
0: oh, I loved it. Our, our uh, Santa slays, our,
1: man. Our Santa slays Santa month. So basically slays. what we're going to do uh, for the entire month of December all the way up until the end is we're going to be talking about holiday themed horror movies mm-hmm. which we're going to kick off today with the 1974 classic Black Christmas but before that right. we do have some horror movie news little horror
0: movies and then not a lot going on this week actually i had to dig around for something for this there's a Friday the 13th this month and Black the new Black Christmas is coming out 2019 Black Christmas
1: that's produced by Blumhouse right yes
0: it is um it's PG-13 rated remake and I guess I should see the movie before I get down on it, you know. But uh, there are some good PG-13 horror movies: uh, The Grudge, In the Ring, Insidious. Uh, yeah, yeah, I forget. I always forget that was rated PG-13. But uh, as as we reported, one of the writers said it had an important message um, that was important to deliver to younger women. I guess that's great, right? Uh, I, I doubt I'm going to really enjoy the movie because of this take on it, but uh, may, uh, maybe I'm not the audience. and That's why Joe Bob had a, a comment on it, though, on his Twitter. Uh, he said, what I love about directors from the 70s and 80s is that they had no political acts to grind, no message, no social justification for horror. It was just, get a load of this great story. I don't want to be told how to watch a movie, he said. And he started off kind of a Twitter firestorm by saying that, yeah. but uh, I don't know i I think he's got a little bit of a point i I think there are some some you know like uh us and get out had had a political undertone, but I think it's really sometimes it's slapped in your face, and uh I'm hoping that this isn't gonna be like that so i
1: I'm gonna give it the benefit of the doubt because yeah. it is coming right. from Blumhouse and here here's sure. the thing about the movie that we're gonna review today without any spoiler mm-hmm. is that I actually believe and we discussed this a little bit before mm-hmm. we started the podcast is this movie because of What's allowed in a PG-13 movie? It won't have the language. Yeah. Like it won't have adult language, but I think it's going to be a little more gory. Bloodier. Than, yeah.
0: That could be because this movie is the the, the movie we're reviewing did in 1974 Black Christmas really isn't very uh gory at all. No. Really doesn't have a lot of blood. It has some very and it does have a bit of a message. I mean it does have kind of some interesting political themes in it, you know that we can talk about. Uh, there's uh uh, you know, abortion and uh, women's uh, place, and in, in uh, as, as far as getting married and or having a career, I think is kind of talked about. So I was a little surprised at how kind of progressive this movie was. I, I, I
1: did forget that because I would seen it a long time ago, right? But anyways, yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it
0: when we get when we get into it. But uh, so you've been listening to the Casualty Friday, yes? With, uh, Felisa Rose, Kane Hodder, and Tiffany Shepess.
1: And what do you think of it? I love it. It, it okay. I, here, I've got two pod, three podcasts that I listen to. Of course, mm-hmm. the Horror For podcast, right. which is ours. Our our great friends down in Jacksonville, Florida, um, the Straight Chillin podcast, and got introduced to this Fangoria produced one. Mm-hmm. It's Felissa Rose, Kane Hodder, and Tiffany Shepis. Like you said, they they do a podcast and they don't release episodes very often, mm-hmm. but the discussion about it is not specifically about movies. But since I'm throwing up the air quotes right here that since they're horror movie icons. And I think they are.
0: Oh, I would say they definitely are.
1: And they Uh get into a discussion about their careers and it's very heartfelt. Um, You get to know them on a personal level and, and you know, you kind of get this us being horror movie fans. It's almost like we're our own community and the actors and directors and and whatever make these horror movies. It's like the community and they love their fans. And, And, that's what their discussions are about, like movies that they've done or, or mm-hmm. going to horror cons or whatever it might be. So uh, yeah. I love it. I, no, it you was interesting.
0: I, I listened to the latest episode and they had some audio issues with it. Um, yeah, but it didn't that, sound very good. No, it didn't. It sounded like they were in a bathroom or something like that. I don't know what was going on, but uh, I did uh, catch uh, a little bit of another episode on YouTube. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really some interesting stuff if you're a horror fan.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I think they got to get their chemistry down a little bit. They're kind of talking over each other and stuff a little bit, which. I probably do to you too, you know. It take, it All takes the time, it takes a while, which I yeah, exactly. It, it takes a little while to get that you know on and uh, radio, which essentially podcasting is a little different than acting. I think so. Uh, I, I don't think it's uh, it'll take them a little bit to get it. And they said something in the beginning of this episode about them maybe having a different cast next season, which. I think is a would be a mistake. I think you need to keep these people together, and
1: the, you're you right. I, and I think I think gelling together as yeah. as a team, yes. But the one thing that they do have is they have the chemistry of being friends. They yeah. know each other. They've known each other for years, mm-hmm. and I think that's what makes you know a, a really interesting. And you want to get the perspective of people who have acted in the horror movie genre. It's really for you. I I, I can't sing the praises enough because i really enjoy it you know it takes my mind away from it and i get to you know see a different perspective of horror movies rather than critiquing a movie Mm -hmm. i get to you know get the insight from the actors
0: yeah and you know like uh that's what i want to hear from insiders like i've I've, there's a couple podcasts that are like kind of hollywood insider and they talk about the movies and stuff and I just don't like that, but I'd rather uh, listen to like straight chillin's take on thing, like horror movie fans take on those things, rather than insiders take on on what horror movies are about. So, so I like what they're doing here. It's it's an interesting podcast. You should check it out.
1: Check it out. It's called Casualty, like your uh, Casualty of War yep. Friday.
0: Yep. Zombieland Double Tap getting a Christmas Eve video release. Disc is coming out in January, so you won't find it stuffed in your stocking, but you could order it up on your phone and get some eggnog and get away from your relatives while you watch it on Christmas Eve. I'm not an eggnog fan, sorry. <laughs> oh, I'll just take the bread. <laughs> I love eggnog, yeah. It's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite things about this time of year. So That's really it. There's not a whole lot going on in horror
1: movie news this week, so interesting yeah. uh, here's the uh, horror movie trivia black christmas was released in 1974 in the united states the name was changed when it was released what was the changed name when it was released where in the united states oh, when in it was
0: released? really okay so th- it wasn't called black christmas when it came out in the uh,
1: uh, it was called black christmas it was called something else when they wrote it they changed it to black christmas but they released it as something else when they first released it back in 1974 oh, i don't
0: know this one what's that Whoa. Silent
1: Night, Evil Night. <laughs>
0: really? Yeah. Okay. I, I have not heard it referred to as that. That's interesting. Uh-huh. Cool. Uh, my trivia question, Margot Kidder, who plays Barb in Black Christmas, is, of course, most famous for a portrayal of Lois Lane in the 70s Superman flicks Christopher Reeve. Uh-huh. 1979, though, she starred in another huge horror movie with actor James Brolin. Gosh. Uh, they play newlyweds who move into
1: a haunted house. Name the movie. Gave me a harder one. It's called the Amityville Horror. That's absolutely right. Come on, I know that movie. <laughs> I know actually, you know I that. recently saw that movie. Did you really? Okay. Yeah, it was in passing. I was like probably doing dishes or something like I, that, and it was on. TV I kind of forgot these two
0: were in it. Actually, to be honest with you, I, I, I forgot that James Brolin and Margot Kidder were the uh, couple
1: in that movie. And who was the uh, who was the priest in it?
0: Oh, it's been so long since I've seen it. What
1: Carol O'Connor.
0: Oh, yeah, of course he was. Yeah, that's right. That's right.
1: You this you <laughs> <was. laughs> Sorry, it was recently on, so I was like, oh, Archie yeah. Bunker was, yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly so. right. All right. All right, so. Get uh, into Black Christmas. Here we go. This is your spoiler alert. Uh, We're going to talk about it. this movie in its entirety, even though it's 1974. I think Andy and I are on the same page. This is a movie that you need to watch, not just during the holidays, but this is a horror movie classic. So uh pause the podcast, go watch this on Amazon Prime or Shutter. Uh, and then come back to hear what we have to say about it.
0: Yep. Uh so synopsis, I'm going to do this new thing. I'm going to call my DVD box synopsis. So <laughs> okay. I uh you know, I'm a uh I've been a uh, writer, uh, a professional writer in my in my career for uh, marketing and stuff. So I feel like I can do this, right? right. So <laughs> My DVD box synopsis of Black Christmas is sisters from the Pi Cap Sig sorority are getting ready to leave for Christmas vacation. But a sinister stalker who makes obscene phone calls may cause them never to get home.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, OK, so I, I prefaced it by saying this is an absolute classic movie, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you got some insight to this.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, um, I knew this movie influenced Carpenter and in Halloween, but I didn't have the any idea just how influential it was. I want to read this uh, excerpt from a, a website called The Culture Corner. Uh, it says, uh, somewhere around 1977, John Carpenter asked fellow director Bob Clark if he would ever make a sequel to his 1974 horror movie, Black Christmas, which was about an anonymous stalker terrorizing, killing college girls in their sorority house. Clark, who was pretty much done with the genre, said he wouldn't. When Carpenter asked him what he'd do if he would make a sequel, Clark sketched him the following story. The killer would have been caught and institutionalized. However, he would escape a year later, go back to the house and start all over. And he would call the movie Halloween. He was okay with Car- Carpenter taking the idea and running with it, resulting in the 1978 slasher classic. Yeah. So he actually, he's the one who came up with the idea for it. I I, did, I thought like John Carpenter saw Black Christmas and uh, you
1: know came up with this idea for Halloween. Bob Clark is really the one who. who who thought of it? Well, yeah, gave that gave that like that foundation of what Carpenter yeah. made into 1978 Halloween. Yeah, so. and
0: obviously, obviously Halloween is a uh, you know a superior movie to this. It's it's a it's a much better slasher movie, I think.
1: I, I it's mean, more. I think it's more sentimental to me. Yeah. Only I, because. Um, no, I,
0: I think just in general, like you, you can't deny it's a better movie. But uh, the fact that Bob Clark who. Interestingly, is a guy who also directed a Christmas story. I just I learned that, and uh, uh, Porky's. He yeah. directed Porky's, which is like a quintessential TNA flick from the. You know, they had those in the '80s. You don't really see
1: those. Oh, uh, back in the day, man! Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, I
0: did too. I have it on DVD, man. It's it's a it's a special classic from uh, from the '80s for me. Holds so a place in a heart for, for Andy. <laughs> it, it's a special place, all right. But I, but I mean, it's it's a, it's it's really a. The guy has directed really a dichotomy of movies. I and mean, but he did start in the horror genre. I think he he uh, did a, another horror movie before this, and I forget what it was called. But uh, in 1972, he did a horror movie as well. So, mm. uh, which I haven't seen, and I can't remember what the name of it is. So we should Google that. But sure. um, anyway, I, I didn't realize he it was quite as uh, influential, The Carpenter and, and Halloween, as as it was. Now, um, did you watch the Sun Shutter? I did watch this on okay. Shudder. So this is available on in on Prime as well. And on Prime it's in five point one. Shutter is two channel stereo. You don't they don't have five point one for whatever reason on, on Shutter. No I think I,
1: I think they've got pretty much the original copy or the transfer to VHS pretty okay. much. I mean, because a lot of this stuff is really grainy on Shutter. Okay. So they, they don't do a whole lot of uh, So on on Prime this this looked pretty good and the sound was amazing.
0: Like the sound I was very impressed with actually. Like uh I watched down in my theater room and I have a, a Atmos system actually down there where, you know, it's a, it was 5.1. It wasn't 7.1 like that, but it, but it, it like the uh, separation of speakers and everything is really good on, on prime. So if you've got both of them, watch it
1: on prime. See, I, <laughs> <laughs> all right, now i want to watch it again. Uh, <laughs> well, the, come on over, man. <laughs> the, the, the first, the first movie he did, children shouldn't play with dead things from yeah, 1972. Okay. I
0: assume that's a horror movie.
1: Yeah, it looks like it. I've never <laughs> okay. heard of it.
0: I've never heard of it either. But uh,
1: uh... but he also did Rhinestone Cowboy. With oh, like really? He did Stallone. that too? Oh, <laughs> man.
0: Did. Wow, dude. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> A long time ago. Yeah. Oh, man. Drunkenstein. That's all I have to say about that oh, one. That's boy. quite the... All right. Uh, so <laughs> we'll get uh, back to Black Christmas here, though. Yeah. So the movie opens up and uh, their Sleep in Heavenly Peace is uh, playing. I forget. Silent Night. Silent Night. Um, yeah. Is... Uh, is playing and uh, snow is coming down and uh,
1: it shows this the house, which I think is a great opener, you know, and there's, it's, it's very interesting the way it opens up because it is, it's right outside the sorority house. So you haven't gotten introduced to any characters. In fact, the first character you get in, introduced to, and I, I want to bring this up is this, I believe is the first use of POV point of view.
0: The, uh, I think this is a, a revolutionizing uh, that That's not true because, like, uh, and I looked this up, uh, POV has a pretty long history in horror. Uh, okay. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde used it, for instance, uh, during the transformation scene. Uh, I don't think we ever got the killer's view quite like this, though. And they did create like a um, a special rig for the cameraman. Yeah. The cameraman is the guy who's like actually plays the killer in this in this movie. Well, yeah, he does. He's the, uh, he, as for all the action scenes. Obviously, he's not the, doing the
1: dialogue. Right. But. He does the POV thing. So, yeah. so basically, it opens up outside this sorority house uh, on a Christmas. Uh, I guess going on Christmas break for this college, and you see him climbing up. Uh, trials, I, I had to look yeah. this up. An arbor. Uh, oh, is that right? The vines, it's called yeah. an arbor okay. that holds the vines. So he's climbing up to get to this attic, so he goes into the attic. Yes. We cut to the, uh, the there's a Christmas party going on with the sorority. You got some uh, fraternity guys over there. Everybody's mm-hmm. drinking, having a good time. Uh, we get introduced to Barb, mm-hmm. one of the main characters who's Margot Kidder, and she gets a phone call from her mom. I, I don't really recall the conversation that they had, but there, there wasn't going to be any kind of celebration at her place, so they right. decided to stay.
0: It seemed like she had some sort of conflict with her, like her mother was, you know, and her didn't get along mm. in that scene. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just doesn't see, I mean, obviously later on, we learn she's got kind of a problem with alcohol, which, uh, big time, you know, <laughs> um, which maybe, I don't know if you, if you looked at me in college, I probably behaved the same way, but, uh, <laughs> it, it seems like she has some sort of conflict with her mother and, uh, because there wasn't anything going, to she talked about skiing or something like that. She was trying to get people to go skiing with her. Yeah, him.
1: the rest of the girls to go skiing with her or, uh, or, or do something uh-huh. to not go home. Right,
0: right. So, But what I found funny in that scene was that the men had to leave. It was time for the men to go home. <laughs> so they had to leave uh, and then um, they get a phone call. Yes, they do. And uh, this guy is called before, I guess. Right? Well, they set it
1: up like like uh, one of them says, uh, "Oh yeah, the the breather's calling again" or something like that. They call him the moaner Oh, the moaner. Yeah, that's it. The moaner calls, and they all listen
0: in on this uh, very obscene phone call, and mm-hmm. it's 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 a scary.
1: It's pretty scary. What's it, what's being said on this? The best way to describe the voice is like somebody trying to. Disguise their voice. Yeah. And do something really creepy and talk like this, you know, right. kind of like that. And just like, like if you were going to change your voice without like a voice changer. Yeah. And you're doing it on your own vocally. Right. So that's what it sounded like. But this guy just starts saying the most obscene things to these women. Yeah. So. And
0: there's these weird screams and it almost sounds like there's two people involved here. Right. Because um, he's uh, doing like a female voice as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, and, and so this, this and uh, then we, I, I don't know, we see uh, Claire go up to her room because she's getting ready to
1: leave. Yeah, Claire's actually the, um, I guess she's the, the virginal type. She's yeah, a very right. innocent she's girl,
0: virtuous girl. And yeah, and, uh, so
1: so you know, there's the try. trope of the virgin. And it's <laughs> so when it, you see her
0: dad, you can yeah. tell why? Yeah, <laughs>
1: and, and it's like, you know, so she goes upstairs. She's getting ready to, uh, uh, she's packing. Mm-hmm. This is going to be our first kill.
0: Yeah. And this guy is hiding behind a plastic laundry bag, and you see you can, you can see his face back there, but you can't. Well, the you can tell there's a of face. face. Yeah, you can tell there's a face back there. Yeah, but it's a really effective, creepy scene. Like the way they—you never do see this killer in this movie—and I really liked what they did by posing him behind that plastic. Yeah. Uh, that was scary. and I wonder if there's you know, like this girl, Claire is like the virtuous virginal girl, yeah, which I wonder if that kind of turned a trope on its head back in the 70s because I bet you uh, you thought back then, I, I wonder if the, like like this is the kind of girl that would survive the movie otherwise, you know. And well, she's the first one to die in well, this. Well, I'm one... Yeah, I am I, I think you're right. I Where think, Barb... You know, Barb is not a nice girl. She's, yeah, like, not nice to her roommate. She's drinking a bunch. She swears to her mom. She makes lewd jokes to even the cops. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: you know, so, I, so I, I bet you... I, I wonder if, like, this is kind of a, like turning on its head the audience's expectations in the 70s. Like, you're thinking, oh, is going to be the one who lives through this because
1: she's virtuous. You know? But I don't know if they had that trope back then. I, 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 I don't know I'm either. Trying, I'm, I'm trying, trying sure. to think if if they had that. I know the 80s, it was loaded oh, with it. Like, the every horror world. movie was. Mm-hmm. The virtuous girl would live. She would be the final right. girl. Uh, you know, no twist. It was that trope. Yeah, and obviously uh, and in it, Halloween it was like that. No, exactly I mean, right. Know, yeah. You know, in 1978. So, you know, this is four years previous to right. that. So, um I, I want to say this so we're not repeating ourselves. The cinematography in this movie for 1974, or even nowadays, it's excellent. Was fantastic. There From, are so many scenes in here that are that are just so well filmed. Well, and just like you highlighted, you know, mm-hmm. you seeing the killer in the br- background before Claire gets killed, uh, just there, but you have mm-hmm. to look. Yeah. Right. You, right. You know, and and the the. The rig that they set up on the camera guy of the POV of, you know, the the killer climbing up to the attic and just moving around the house Mm -hmm. really slyly was like, to me, was brilliant. Oh,
0: yeah. 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 Well, I I, I even think like the opening scene is just such a well-filled... It's it's And like I said, it's the sound, too, you know. So the the opening scene looks like this beautiful Christmas movie. It's a really gorgeous house there. The sorority house is beautiful, you know. It's decorated for Christmas. There's some snow coming down. And you hear Silent Night playing, which I I don't know why I couldn't think of the title of that song. But uh, (laughs) I've only been singing singing it since I was in elementary school. But (laughs) anyway, uh, I'm sure the audience thinks I'm really stupid for calling it uh, uh, Sleep in Heavenly Peace. But anyway... uh, you know, you you have this you have this uh, silent night going on. The uh, uh, the house is there; it's decorated for Christmas. But you hear this dog barking in the background, and it's like kind of indicates that something is off. You know? Yeah. And and I really liked that. I I thought it really kind of um, it kind of. It, it kind of uh jarred you out of this this scene because there's this dog barking and it's like well what's what's going on here that that yeah, doesn't belong in this scene you know an
1: in- indicator that you know the dog barking that there's something's a wrong intruder.
0: right something's uh, going on here that isn't uh, this is this doesn't belong here you know and, and i really like that part but uh so yeah guys hiding in the plastic laundry bag uh, behind the plastic laundry bag in the closet then there's a uh from the POV shot, we get a plastic bag suffocation of uh, of uh, Claire. Yeah. Like he takes that plastic and he wraps it around her face, and it is a great kill. Yeah, it's that up. is a cr- just a shocking, scary kill. Even today, I think mm-hmm. you know, like just that, it's terrifying. It really imagine, is. Imagine I... getting killed. I mean, that 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 is I, I can you know I've seen hundreds of stabbings and stuff in a movie, but that is that was a uh, a, a pretty scary kill
1: me i thought it's done in real time too mm-hmm. i mean you you see it in its entirety and it, and like andy mentioned before there's you know there's not a lot of gore to this but it's effective i mean and right. you just feel it and you're like oh yeah, yeah. It kinda, no, it, there really isn't any gore in
0: that scene. no you're right there's no gore in that scene but it's just a terrifying scene yeah just somebody suffocating in, right
1: you know so anyways Plastic. um we're also introduced to mrs mack who is the house mother oh yeah um, um, she had gotten there earlier. The girls gave her a moo or moo, yeah, whatever you call she, those things. She's like, ah, I don't want to wear this thing. Uh, she, <laughs> she goes up to her room Yeah, and, um, <laughs> she's a Sherry fan. Yeah. She likes, uh, she likes the booze, man. Yeah. She's got it stashed everywhere in her bookcase <laughs> under B for booze. <laughs> yes. She opens it up and she's uh-huh. just pounding back up bar comes up and has an interaction with her. Um, so the killer actually, while this is going on, uh, takes Claire who has died, and takes him, takes her up to the attic and puts right. her on this. Actually, poses her in the window. Yeah, well, which which, which is the the freaking, you know, the po- movie poster. Yeah. Of sitting in a rocking chair with uh, a plastic bag over her head. Plastic bag over her head.
0: It is creepy. It's I mean, iconic. She's she's posed. Yeah, she's posed in the top window, and you just wouldn't see it or notice it from the street. You know. Right. I mean, which I, I thought was. I mean, she's just in plain sight there, which is scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really like imagine you you walk by this house every day and you just never notice that, but it had been there.
1: Yeah, that, somebody's just sitting in the rocking chair. You know, right. still that's, there, huh?
0: That's a scary thing, man. <laughs> So uh, yeah, that reminds me of a story. When I was a kid, I used to shovel this lady's driveway. You know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, she was an older lady. <laughs> I'll, I'll get back to the movie, but uh, just fun. let me take this. So, this lady next door to her uh, would uh, would uh, she? Uh, one morning, I noticed that she was watching TV. Right. And she's sitting in her chair watching TV, and I shovel, and it, and it snowed for like three days straight, right? Okay. So I had to go there and shovel the next morning, and like she she was still watching TV, and I'm like, well, what the heck, man? And then like the third day, she wasn't watching TV, but the lights were on in the t- She wasn't in the chair anymore, but. She had sunk down into... She had died like three days
1: before. No way! Cats. And oh. she
0: sunk down into the chair. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That so is, it's cre- It was creepy. That you is know? frightening. And that re- this reminds me of that. Like, there's this person in this window that's dead, oh. and you just don't really notice it. Nobody's Everybody's walking by, going along with their own day, and
1: you just don't notice it, you know? Oh. So... <laughs> Well, it's stuck in your head, and yeah. I guess I guess after the fact you're like, okay, so she, she was a oh, man. <laughs> it's creepy. That, that's yeah, disturbing. It is
0: disturbing,
1: you know. And it must be the holidays. Reminded man. me of this.
0: So. But we we also uh, around this time we meet Jess and, and her boyfriend Peter. Okay. she she uh, talks to him on the phone, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like preparing for some kind of final, or you know, you you don't really know what at this point. But he's preparing, obviously working very hard to prepare for some kind of test or something that he's got going on. right? Yeah.
1: He, well, he calls her and uh, Jess, Jess Olivia Hussey, who is, um, she played Juliet in Romeo and Juliet back mm-hmm. in 68. Great uh, job in that, too. Yeah, she she, she's our main character. Yep. So uh, we, uh, there's another phone call, it happens to be Peter. Yeah. Jess, uh, talks to Peter, she says, I really need to talk to you in person, which is setting mm-hmm. up for a, an important conversation later in the movie. Right, right.
0: And yeah, and then we do get that shot of Claire dead in the rocking chair. And it moves to this and we'll talk about cinematography. I love there's a shot of like the, a tower on the campus. And yeah. It, just, it moves into that. It's it's a fantastic shot. I, I really like it. Uh, then uh, Claire's father comes to search for her. Mr. Harrison. And, and he's kind of uptight. Um, Mrs. Mac or Miss Mack is... Uh, kind of uh, rolling her eyes
1: at him, I guess. Yeah, he, well, like, Mr. Harrison's out in a quad area, so in this this is the shot you were talking about, where mm-hmm. you see the title. It's yeah. almost like a cathedral-type thing. That's right, yeah. So it uh, kind him. of pans down. He's standing alone. Uh, you know, this hippie guy walks by and asks if he knows who Claire is. He, oh, yeah, you know, her, uh, her t- sorority's over there. Um, she ends up going there. Mr. Harrison meets Mrs. Mack. Um, you know, she tells the dad that well claire's not here she must be over at the shelter because they were helping right. kids out and yep um <laughs> the guy that was playing santa claus you know one of the guys from the yeah. fraternity you know just found uh, that's
0: uh, uh Phili- phyllis is her name phil's boyfriend right the santa is Claus it, guy okay. i thought it was yeah uh, maybe i don't know i think it is yeah um so yeah he's He's swearing in front of the children. Yeah, exactly. as Santa Claus, he's. Uh, I think he's
1: drinking too with Barb. Yeah, Barb's sitting there drinking, smoking cigarettes. Santa's naughty, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was some levity to this movie. I and I remember there was none. I guess because yeah. when I was younger, I watched sure, it, you didn't. And, and it was like it was very serious. But you know, I saw those little things that, that kind of <laughs> brought you out of like how serious this movie is. So yeah, I, there, there was a little bit of that. Um, so the dad is like, well, realize that claire's not there goes back and you know mrs mack is drinking her sherry again and looking for claude the cat um and he comes upstairs catches her drinking and and he they have a a conversation well i don't like the fact that you know my daughter's drinking and stuff like that yeah and she flips him
0: off, and there's well, and there's a there's some posters on the wall that he d- is oh that's disapproving right yeah she's, hi- she's hiding those. There's like a butt. peace poster that has some nudity on it. She puts her hand over it, and uh, he looks at a there is a picture of some uh, like lady flipping someone off. <laughs> he doesn't like that. He looks very disapprovingly of, at that, yep. uh, and yeah, and he says this to her that he doesn't not uh, like he does not approve of uh, of drinking and that kind of thing. And yeah, behind his back, she um, Mrs Mac flips Miss Mac flips him off. So. Um, I guess after that scene is when Jess tells her boyfriend that she's pregnant and right. doesn't want it. Now, I found this to be, like what we were saying, a very progressive scene because she talks about, you know, the, her reasons for not wanting it is because she wants more out of, out of her life than to be a mom and a, a wife, you know. <laughs> right. She obviously wants to have a career and stuff, which I think is... Maybe yeah, somewhat of a new idea in the 70s, you know? I, I mean, you still had uh, a lot of people who aspired, I think, to just being.
1: I, I think it. Yeah. Because I think in the 80s, it was just. You know, it was very sexist. Uh, yeah. Very misogynistic. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of these movies were. But, you know, this, this confrontation between Peter and Jess, I. I don't know if it was necessarily an important part of the movie. I just thought it was I think interesting.
0: Yeah, I think I thought it was very interesting. I thought it brought, it brought a little bit of a different perspective to a horror movie, you know. You don't usually deal with heavy issues like this if they aren't uh and, and it fleshed out those characters in a way that uh, that made it
1: Made them a little more interesting too. I, well, I see it didn't really do anything for Jess's character. I mean, the fact that she's a strong-willed woman, I thought was great. Yeah. I yeah. think what it did is it uh, brought an art to Peter's character because Definitely. again, again, I mean, you didn't really know what what he was or, or what his major was or what he was studying for because you know we find out later what he was studying for. Right. But you know, it kind of arcs him into this kind of red herring thing.
0: A- absolutely, and that's totally what his uh, role in this in this movie is as far as like Jess's character, I think it, uh, I think it maybe. I mean, I I thought it did do something for her character. I think she, you know, you get a little look at what she's like out of it. And it's, uh, she's not, um, I, 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 I don't think you can say that it doesn't add anything to her character to, to,
1: you know, show this aspect of, of what she's, no, I'm not saying that you don't get to see her character. I, Uh I think what, what that, confrontation did or that conversation did was arc Peter. it, it, it definitely you, did it that gave, yeah. it gave you more insight to Jess's character which is great mm-hmm. and you understand you know who she is and I think that's awesome so like mm-hmm. like for me yes I got to know who Jess was mm-hmm. rather than just you know be the 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 with the alcohol problem right. or a the virtuous girl, but somebody right. that there was depth to her.
0: That, and that's and then that's I think that's what I mean. I, yeah. I think it gave her character some depth beyond like yeah, exactly. Like the drunk girl or the virtuous girl or the, you know, the, I don't know, uh, studious girl, which I think Phil was. <laughs> yeah, Phil, yeah, she was. She was. So I, I think it, it brought a little bit more to her character than you would. Uh, and it was it was a um, it was a there was some good dialogue in that scene. And I thought it I thought dealt so. with that kind of situation. Very, very, uh, you know, very. It brought kind of it, it made the movie more interesting, I think.
1: Yeah. And it also kind of like like put um, Peter in, you know, kind of that bad guy role, like we talked about right. being being the red herring of this that, you know, well, you, you know, you don't listen to what I say and you just think about yourself. And mm-hmm. she, Yeah. She, it's her body. She's thinking about herself. She's thinking about her future. So. Right.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: So uh, I think
0: at, at that point, they there's a shot of Margot Kidder acting like the real Margot Kidder. She's all drunk. <laughs> you know, we come to uh, find out. It's
1: kind of many decades later. <laughs> right. Got to rest least, I,
0: maybe she's still. Had, yeah, it's Maybe she's still at her teeth. I don't know. Uh, but because uh, she lost those once. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that's not funny. I'm sorry. Uh, yes. So rest not. in peace, Margo Kidder. But uh, there's another phone call. Laugh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very nervous laugh. That was not not very funny. I'm sorry. Um, so there's another phone call. And the uh, the obscene phone caller is calling back, and now he says he's starting to say things like, uh, "I must know where you put the baby," you know, mm-hmm. and and it's it's about it's like a conversation between a man or a man and a woman uh, named Billy and Agnes, mm-hmm. and uh, it it involves you're not really sure what they're arguing about, but it's uh, he he keeps saying, "I must know where you put the baby." Mm-hmm in you know, that creepy
1: so, voice Yeah, in that creepy voice. Um so basically what what had happened is is that after this conversation between Peter and Jess, she this phone call is kind of reflecting not necessarily exactly what the conversation was, but having to do with a baby.
0: It, it does. It it seems to echo what Peter was talking about, you know? A and bit. it seems like it's it it uh yeah, it seems like it's it, it might be a something somebody made up after hearing that conversation or something, yeah. you know? so then we have uh peter in his piano scene he's Mm. doing his uh piano recital or whatever that this is his i don't he he works at a conservatory and i don't know enough about music i don't know if if this is if he's like a professor or what exactly is but he he lives at this conservatory right and he's doing like a piano recital in front of uh what like four very judgy looking guys yeah probably some (laughs) higher
1: ups at the school or something
0: (laughs) And, uh, they, they are looking a bit disapprovingly at his, uh, piano. It play. sounded terrible. It, it did sound I mean, terrible. It, it was just like, it actually it, did sound terrible.
1: It was like, like almost, uh, you know, like he had just maybe taken two lessons and he was trying to play a, a Mozart piece it, it and was it very, sounded
0: awful. It, it was very dissonant. And <laughs> it was. I don't know if like, like maybe you'd get this if you were like a very high, uh, art music student and you tried to. I don't know I, I'm not I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be bad or if uh, you know it, it was his idea of what was I, I wasn't sure there but yeah it didn't sound very good to me either um, then we go to the police station
1: we do that's uh, Mr. Harrison Phyllis and Barb they go to right. the police station right. And John Saxon is there. John Saxon. He plays a cop in a lot
0: of things. Clint, I think he was a cop in Nightmare on Elm Street, wasn't he? He
1: was. He was the dad and he played the cop. That's he, uh,
0: right. He played Lieutenant Fuller in yeah. this movie. Lieutenant Fuller is uh, John Saxon in this movie. He's uh, taken in a missing uh, persons report from a uh, lady whose 13-year-old girl is missing, right? That's right. Uh-huh. Yep. And, um, and so uh, he also meets... Um, well, Barb is, is. This is the scene I think where Barb is talking to. There's there's a cop who is kind of a bungling idiot, and uh, Lieutenant Fuller kind of makes fun of him during the whole thing and orders him around.
1: Well, basically, it, and what I read was is is back in the 70s is they would give like the three like 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 a uh, name or something like that, and the last four digits of the phone number. I guess that's right. how they did it. Yeah,
0: it was like F A. Seven six four two. Well, she
1: says your... fellatio and right. some four-digit mm-hmm. number, and he takes mm-hmm. it down, not realizing what that word means. Right, and uh-huh. he and he tells everybody else, and you really wrote this down,
0: right? Yeah, and later on they make a lot of fun because he doesn't know what it is. Yeah, he's like, uh, like yeah, he's kinda... that's what it was.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, fe, it's the nukes. So Barb, like, you know, makes makes uh, makes fun of him like that, and um, she is. Uh, now, wasted, and she's talking to Claire's dad. I mean, she's really drunk now. Yeah. And uh, talking to Claire's dad. Um, and um, so they, uh, they're they going to go search for, for the park because they think maybe she's uh, gone. That was the last place she went. Um, Claire went. That was the last place she was seen, right? She was she was seen going upstairs, but they thought she may have gone out there. Gone across. So they're going to organize a search party. Um, and Peter... In the meantime, destroys his piano. He's so, super upset, and you see him just smashing this piano. And there's this—I uh, mean, there's flashes of brilliance in this movie. This director overall, like he made some mistakes and stuff. And I and I've read some reviews, and it's not a perfect movie, obviously. But there are just really great uh, parts of this movie, and one of them I think is when he's smashing that piano. The sound as uh, they're talking to uh, Mister Harrison about. Forming the search party for Claire, like, right. like they—you don't see what they're saying to him, but they—they they go and talk to him, and you hear this sound of uh, of Peter destroying this piano mm-hmm. in, in that scene. Uh, so uh, then uh, we go back to the uh, sorority house, and uh, Mrs. Mack is—it uh, ru- was waiting for a taxi. A taxi is to go to has, her sister. Showed up, yeah. go to her sister's right, and she hears the. Uh, Claude is the cats Claude the cat yeah so she hears him uh, and she goes looking for him. I don't know if this cat is missing or what like they haven't seen him in a while or, yeah it's Claire's it's a, cat
1: it's a, yeah it's just she's she's around or he's around uh, I think it,
0: it's Claire's cat and I think they maybe think uh, like he's gone he's been missing as long as Claire right uh so they're looking for him too but uh, so she follows the cat and you see another great POV shot of uh, of this hook. Mm-hmm. And I think we see the killer here too. Like you, you, you see his hand holding yeah, the
1: hook. Yeah, he's But I, I, I thought you saw, like, his shadow or something. It, it's in always in the shadow. I, mm-hmm. I, think for the, until later, it's always kind of a silhouette. hmm And that's what you see. Right. So,
0: he, uh, he, basically, we see him swing this hook at Miss, uh, Miss Mac. Mm-hmm. We don't see the kill. This is where I think it could have been better with some gore. Maybe, maybe. uh But you really liked this scene, right? I did. You liked exactly how it was edited. You don't yeah. think it needed junk? No,
1: I, I mean, I think a, a little more gore would have been would have been more effective. But I thought the scene was fine by on its own without that.
0: And you do see her like hoisted up into the attic. Yeah, just I mean like hunched you know, over and you see her feet go up into the attic. Maybe that is more of an effective kill than if uh, you should see the hook through her head, you
1: know? Yeah. Uh, but I just thought it might've been a little more shocking with some gore there. I thought um, what made it effective was right afterwards because it was kind of a, another kind of iconic scene of him. The POV, he's just pushing stuff around. Yeah, he's it, freaking but, out in the attic. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was effective.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and and maybe maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe it was. Maybe it didn't need any gore. That's that's one thing I told you before. Um, before we did the podcast, we were doing the podcast here. Was, we were talking about it a little earlier, that, and I thought there were a couple scenes where some gore would have actually helped make it a little more shocking. And, yeah. you know, um, and, 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 I get like, they, they didn't have probably the budget and that, that costs money. And, uh, but, uh, that, that's one thing with this movie is it, it, I actually think it could have used a little more gore. Um, so the, the search party after this scene, the search party, you, Mrs. Mac is dead. It clear, clearly yep. you see her body, um, up in the attic. Yeah. Just hanging with Claire. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Claire's still got the bag of her head posed in front of the window
1: and has a doll in her hand that, or, or, yes, it, that's right. posed has, with the doll.
0: Yeah. I know it's a messed up doll. Like its face is all burned. Yeah. Or something. The, like I don't the, know what happened
1: there. The freaky dolls that you would see in any horror movie where it's just like a yeah. porcelain doll and it's just mangled and you're like, Oh gosh. <laughs> yep. So yeah,
0: the killer's pose. Oh uh, yeah. That, that was, that was a good scene. Uh, so they go to the, uh, the park, uh, back to the park, to the search party and they find someone. Um, and you don't. And here's another th- place where I thought, you know, if they had uh, shown like a bloody face or something. First of all, I I, I didn't know who they found until uh, like l- the next scene when you find out it is the thirteen year old girl, Janice. That, yeah. Janice that the uh, Lieutenant Fuller was taking the report on earlier.
1: Yeah, this is it, this is. It, it's not a character that you really. That you know, no. Until you get to the police station where they're filing a police report, where right. the mom's filing that, and they end up finding this thirteen-year-old little girl, right, dead in the park.
0: So this is presumably his first kill. His oh, you can assume that, sure, uh, because he makes he makes a phone call now, and he always makes a phone call after he kills people. Yes, he does. And and then they got the uh, the 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 first moaner call of the movie when uh, Barb kind of mocked him on the phone. You know uh, what? That, That's right. I didn't so even think I about think that. So I think that was after this kill. Yeah. But now they had said that he had been, it was like he had, they had heard this guy before. So maybe they were just getting other obscene phone calls. I don't know. Well,
1: maybe there's more out there.
0: I, I wonder, I think maybe they were, I, I think that, because they did say something about like, uh, like somebody said something like, uh, yeah, I get three of those a week or something like that. Yeah. So maybe this was a problem in the 70s i don't know (laughs) they didn't have caller id so yeah (laughs) block yeah i I, I mean i remember seeing in the phone book what to do if you got an obscene phone remember the phone book
1: (laughs) Yeah, i I
0: remember back in the day with the yellow and white pages right we got this book and it had phone numbers in it anyway it's it gave you instructions on what to do to get it if you got an obscene call so yeah exactly it it must have been kind of a problem um so they find this this girl, uh, and then there's another call, mm-hmm. and this is presumably the call for about you know that he, after he's killed Mrs. Mac Miss Mac right, um, and he and he says something like I know what you did Billy, and he, and he there's like screaming and it's it's again a very disturbing phone call, um, and then we see Jess dialing the phone, and again in the, the sound on this is it's almost like an ASMR kind of thing. When she's dialing that phone, mm-hmm. you hear that like the, you know, it's a dial. Well, I think it and very it's very like deliberate. About, back. Yeah. yeah. The, the sound is very like, it It almost like you can almost feel it. Mm-hmm. It was, I thought it was really interesting the way the sound was used there. Um, and, uh, then, uh, uh, Peter, we see Peter and Jess and, uh, he's kind of indignant about, she's gone out and, and searched for this girl. She's been part of this search party. And he's, he says something like, uh, how noble when when she says that uh, she was out searching for this uh, in the park for yeah. Claire. Yeah. And so we get the idea that he's really kind of, um, I don't know,
1: unfeeling or something there. Right. And, well, uh, yeah, does it does, like the call she makes, isn't it to it's Lieutenant Fuller because uh-huh. she wants to file a report mm-hmm. to get a phone tap of you know find out where these calls are coming exactly. from because they're getting progressively violent, yep. violent and obscene.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. That that's what I'm sorry that that is what's going on in that scene after she makes the phone call. But uh, then Peter comes over and um... now in that scene, Peter actually shows up during one of the phone calls, doesn't he?
1: I think as as he's calling the. Um... As she's calling the police, she's he's like kind of lurking down the stairs or walking. Yeah. Down. He's already in the house, so yeah, you don't know how right, he got there. Right.
0: Uh, and actually, this is this is where she really talks about how she has other plans. Does He, he proposes to her.
1: Yeah, says, we should get married. Yeah.
0: And uh, she tells him she has other plans. She doesn't want to marry him, mm-hmm. which I thought was really uh, pretty progressive and interesting, too. So. Sure. Yeah. Um, Let's see uh the the police finally put it together that the uh that Claire is missing and the obscene phone calls might be related. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so they they do they put a tap on their phone. Um and uh apparently a, a tapping a phone in the 70s involved like um Running around at the uh, switching station. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, some, so where's it go? Like, yeah, you some engineer it. has to like run around looking for where the uh, phone is connected. Yeah, exactly. G- guess. It was, that was that was interesting because there, there is there's this engineer down at the uh, phone s- switching station. Every time they get a phone call, he, so he like run back and he get, runs back and forth looking for where this phone is connected, which is was kind of interesting, but. Um, and the, uh, you know, Peter's lurking around after the cops leave. Um, Barbara's up in her room. She has an asthma attack. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you see, so you hear this, like what sounds like strangulation or something like that. Yep. And, uh, Phil, Phyllis goes up there to help her. Right. And, uh, uh
1: well, no, no, no. What happened was is that the killer came in and killed Barb with the... the. Wasn't it the glass thing?
0: Well, she had an asthma attack first. Oh, that's right. That's right. And okay. then, like, um, she, had, she said she had a nightmare that there was a stranger in her room. Mm. But I don't think... I think she was, you know, actually seeing somebody uh, that was in her room. And so... Um, so yeah, some then then uh, somebody kills Barb with a glass unicorn.
1: Yeah, so basically they don't hear her getting killed because she's screaming. Because right. kids come over to do Christmas carols. That's right. That's you, right. You, you got some kids bars. in there, um, and they're singing Christmas carols to distract, or they're distracting what's going on upstairs. So the Exactly.
0: Jess is out listening to the Christmas carols. And so there's this glass unicorn kill. He he kills her with a glass unicorn, and it's uh, interspersed with, come let us adore him, which is <laughs> pretty great scene. Um, then a search party shows up and they're wielding a shotgun. Yep. Like they, they, uh, it was just a, I think, a, uh,
1: well, they realized who they had found yeah. out, uh, out in the park, which yeah. was Janice. So, uh, exactly. you know, the, the, the mother or something or, or, or the woman in charge of the kids wrangle the kids up. We got to go. We got to go now. Right. So, <laughs> so, um,
0: they- uh, and I don't know. Apparently, the search parties just run around the town with a shotgun. I don't, I, don't, <laughs>
1: well, I don't know. Anyway, that's a problem with the movie for sure.
0: <laughs> but well, I, maybe they did that in the seventies. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so the, another there's a, there's another uh, call, mm-hmm. right? And they find out that the calls are coming from inside the house. It's in the house. Yeah.
1: Well, before that, okay. So basically, um, Phyllis goes back upstairs, and this is this scene was rad. With the with the killer's eye right through the yes right through actually. the closet. the only thing you see actually clearly of the killer is the freaky eyeball. Yes, uh, Phyllis discovers that Barb is dead, and then it cuts to um, um Jess downstairs, right, and, and then gets the phone call. You uh, Phyllis gets killed off screen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so she gets the call that it's calling from that from when the house. You need to leave right now. Mm-hmm. She still realizes that her friends are there. She goes to the fireplace, picks up a fire poker, mm-hmm. and goes upstairs just to make sure her friends mm-hmm. are okay to get them out of there. Mm-hmm. She opens the door, um, and they're dead.
0: They're both in the same bed dead, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she runs downstairs, right? Yeah. And that this is where it, like th- there's that hair pulling scene where the hand comes like from the the steps and yeah. pulls her
1: hair. Yeah. I thought that was a, a great. That was a jump scare. I, it was. That I mean, was, it like, was a really Whoa. good.
0: Yeah. I was like shocked by that. It was. It was really good. And she so she escapes into the basement and there's this uh, another great scene where this uh, there's a shadow of a guy like peering into the basement yeah. and he, you see through his the hands window through the window. Well, it turns out to be uh, Peter. Peter. And he because he. Cause he again, there's this like great sound. he's scraping the uh, the ice off the window and and it almost like goes through you The the, the sound of of that yep. uh, so he's scraping the ice off and you see that it's him in there and she assumes he's a killer at
1: this point yeah so she has the she has the fireplace poker in her hand. he mm-hmm. breaks through the window. she beats the hell out of him and yeah he's dead she. Yeah. How does she faint? Or, or she, she must, I,
0: I don't did know. Did she, she hit her head or something? I, I, I really didn't understand how she became unconscious. Yeah, or
1: semi-conscious. Yeah. No, to...
0: they, they gave her, so the, the police gave her a sedative. That was one thing. That was yeah. why she was in that bed. Yeah. So well, the, we
1: see a scene that they just the, the police discover her and Peter. Peter's dead. Yeah, Peter's dead. She's downstairs like semi-conscious. She must yeah. have hit her head or something. I, something. I yeah.
0: I, or I don't know if the killer did that, like hit her in the head or something. I, I wasn't quite sure what happened there. But they give her a sedative and she's in bed and they're like, well, you're not going to be able to talk to her for a few days. Yeah. And they, and they leave and they leave, they leave the <laughs> they just house, leave the house. Exactly. And so we see the killer up in the attic. He's still there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then the, uh, so the, you see a shot, another shot of the house outside the house. Mm-hmm. And isn't a cop walking off the, he's He's like walking out of the house.
1: Yeah. I think the only thing the other kill we missed was, uh, there, they set a guard up out there after, oh, yeah, that's after right. they set up the tap. Uh, they find the guard, and this is previous to Peter breaking into That's the basement. Right. But they did find the the cop that was dead. Like, yeah, he his was throat, yeah, throat, his slow, was, throat was slashed. Right. Yeah. And, now, did they think she did it
0: or something? I, I, I wasn't.
1: Cold. No, I don't think they did. Um, okay, but yeah, I think you saw one last cop leaving the house and getting to his yeah. car or something, or, or and walk and, off screen. Right. And then all of a sudden, you hear the phone ring. The phone
0: ring, which again is just you know, it's the old. Uh, phone ring noise, which some awful people have as the ringtone yeah for their uh, cell phones. But <laughs> well, well,
1: it starts off really soft, and that, that's what I loved. It, and this is the end of the movies because yeah. it starts off really soft, and it gets progressively louder and louder and louder, right. and then cut to black. So credits roll. Right the the end of the movie, and Andy, I believe you said that you thought Jess was dead. Because after every yeah. kill, there's a phone call.
0: Exactly. That's, that's what I thought. I thought she, that was... That's was what
1: dead. you thought. And yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. But they left this movie like so ambiguous. Right. And I loved it. And I, and, I,
0: and I don't. Uh, I think I would have liked to have a little bit of explanation. I felt like it was just a little too ambiguous for my taste. But uh, like I said to you, uh, I guess in two. And I didn't see the 2006 one. In the 2006 one, I guess they explain all this Billy and Agnes stuff, and it's just terrible. Yeah, they dump so, it all on you. It's <laughs> just like a big info dump on you. So, um,
1: so I think it ended how it should end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and again. Andy said this and there were problems with this movie. It, mm-hmm. it is a classic though. Um, you know, the cops leaving, uh, you know, sedating this girl after, you know, there's murders all over the place. right? I don't know and they just leaving know. her there. Leave just, her. Uh, you know, just stay in your own just bed. Why take, don't you take, yeah, take to, her to the hospital? To, to, there's been all these murders in this house, <laughs> you but you find her semi-conscious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. in bed. But, um, yeah, sure. Okay. So that was the explanation is that, okay, she's in bed. So the killer can do whatever he needs to do. And that's right, what right. it's left. Um, I don't know. I don't think we missed anything on this, did we?
0: I don't think so. I mean, that's the gist of the movie. And I think those
1: are the scenes that really impacted me from it. I'm Okay, I'm going to say this. Uh, the cinematography was beautiful on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the ideas of some themes that were very progressive, progressively thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, the acting was good. It was. It was great. Uh, um, there were some plot holes. There was some problems with it. Um, but like I said at the beginning, you know, this is one of those movies you have to watch, not just during the holidays, but this is like your one of your quintessential horror movies to watch. This is a piece of horror history here. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't put it in, in my top 10, maybe, because I mean, there's I don't, so I don't think it's in
0: my, one of my favorite movies, but it's a it's a really good movie, in my opinion. And uh, I think it really I, I imagine this in 1970, you know, 74. I mean, this, this was
1: groundbreaking, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna sit at a three, uh, okay. and I'll say that because it's rock solid. Mm-hmm. You have to watch it if you're a horror movie fan. You're not gonna find a lot of gore. You know, I don't think you're really gonna be offended by some of the things. That, it, it, there, there were some, you know, uh, very obscene phone calls. Yeah.
0: I, yeah, and I think those are some of the most the scariest things in the movie. Actually, yeah, you know? yeah and like it's, it adds it some is more though.
1: scary than the kill is it's, the phone call. Yeah, it's you not. Know? It, you know, it, and if you get offended by obscene language okay don't watch it but i mean you see that more uh, obscene language in other movies that are not oh, horror yeah. movies so yeah. uh-huh. i'm gonna sit it at a three but what about you
0: uh you know i i thought like i said i i and i don't know how to do this i i think you could have explained a little bit more the ending i thought was a little lazy or weak uh and i don't know how i would improve it so i guess i should just i'm not a you know filmmaker or anything so um uh, but I I I, th- I would have liked a little bit more explanation uh, at the end. I, I was just like uh, kind of waiting for this big payoff at the end, and, and I didn't get it. Uh, and then I and like I said, I, I think there could have been a little bit more, a little more gore would have gone a long way to making this more shocking, like the kills more shocking. And uh, well, I think you would have had more scarier. fun with it too. Yeah, and I think it would have been scarier if there was just a little bit of gore in it. Um, so I'm going to give it i I'm actually going to give it a three and a half. I, I really like this movie. I thought there was a lot to lot to like, there were just flashes of brilliance in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's got some problems and, uh, there's some parts
1: of it that are like, what, yeah.
0: you know, <laughs> why would you leave this girl? And that's, you know, but
1: I, I'll say another problem with it is that it was a little long. I mean, yeah, it was uh, an hour and 38 minutes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And to me, I mean, it's, I didn't get that. I didn't really
0: get that. Uh, I was awesome. feeling it at some really? pu- at sometimes. Huh? I mean, I some of I the, was entertained the
1: whole way. I mean, there were some so. jokes that that Margot kiddo kiddo kidder made in this movie that I was just like, like the whole turtle thing.
0: Yeah, like I, at it, the dinner table. Yeah, exactly. I'm I just like, oh. I wasn't sure what was that if that was just supposed to show us that she was kind of crude and uh, we'll just add. Cause more I think she to... was just trying to shock Mister uh, Claire's dad basically yeah. by by doing that.
1: It could have been it, yeah you could have you cut know, that thought I, th- for sure, I thought man. that whole dinner scene could have been cut but yeah I mean, yeah
0: I, I would agree with you
1: i mean to me it's it, it was an effective movie and I, mm-hmm. I mean like you said the kills were great a little more gore would have gone a long long way but i think the use of the killer was so unique yeah uh it was fantastic and and inspired one of my favorite horror movies of all time absolutely. halloween <laughs> mm-hmm, absolutely <laughs> All righty. Well, I think we talked enough about Black Christmas 1974. A very, very strong recommend from both of us. Um, Also, don't forget to uh, rate and review us on wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether it's Spotify or iTunes or wherever you're listening to it. Um, Don't forget to go like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Oh, thank you to all the people that are starting to follow us. We're starting to. I think we're at 60 now. Nice. 60 followers. So uh, that's not too shabby. We are going to continue Santa Slay's. Uh, next week, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Is that from 84 or 83? I want to
0: say, I think it's 83. I think the sequel is 84. Since <laughs> they only had to make half a movie.
1: Garbage day! <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll continue on uh, December 20th. We're coming in at a fairly new movie, I think. Uh, 2013, A Christmas Horror Story. Yeah. We're going to wrap I've been it. i thinking
0: about that. I wonder if we should do Krampus, because
1: that's a... Uh...
0: I don't know, we'll talk about that off the air. You Krampus is really becoming a kind of a big deal. A lot I, of people it are. It
1: really is starting to, like, yeah. I, I'm seeing a lot
0: of lists. And so. it's a great movie. I really enjoyed it. Maybe we,
1: this, 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 this All right, December this other 20th, one has, yeah. Well, December the 20th, year. subject to change. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: Uh, we are going to, the week of Christmas, uh, we're going to go in a little bit early on Monday. Uh We're going to talk about Christmas Evil. Yep. Another one that everybody talks about. We're going to wrap up the year with the best of 2019. Our top five. We're going to also have some, some interesting things because what I'd like to do is there there's a movie out there or a couple of movies out there that I would change my score right now because I've seen it a couple of times. I'm not gonna say which movie. Like okay. I would give it a higher score. Okay. And then there's movies that we reviewed that I would actually give a lower score to, okay. i. e. Rob Zombie's Halloween. <laughs> There was an early one where we talked a little bit about it and gave Mm -hmm. it like a two or two and a half. And then when we actually did the review and had to watch it again, (laughs) I gave it a 0.5. Yeah. So that's just an example of of what we'll be doing in 2019. Uh, Other than that, everybody have a great weekend. Happy holidays and Santa slees. Yeah.